This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast Postgame Show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois, and by Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, fans, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. And with me on the Skype line this evening mm-hmm. is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, we are here to talk about the Blackhawks narrowly by the thinnest of margins, keeping their playoff hopes alive. And a four to three overtime loss to the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it was it was not looking good for a while, and the Hawks were sort of hanging in, hanging in. Corey Crawford was keeping the Hawks in the game. Then it looked like Winnipeg went up four two, but oh no, the Hawks video coaching staff saw a little glimmer on the replay and saw that the that the uh, Jets were offside. The Hawks force overtime, losing overtime, but with the point. They're still technically alive. As soon as Colorado gets another point, the Hawks are done. But for one more night, the Hawks remain alive. They're still in the playoff race. So we put a we put a pin in the post-mortem episode that James and I were sort of preparing to do tonight. It's not time yet. They're not done yet, damn it. The Avalanche yeah. do play tomorrow night, so it could be tomorrow night. But uh, for look, for 24 hours or so more, the Hawks are still in the playoff picture. We shall not go quietly into that good night, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I'm not um, done using my under, Undertaker gifts. I like yes. using those. So, <laughs> Well, I used the uh, Matt Spiegel tweet construction tonight. I was, I said that uh, this was the offsides call that will change the Blackhawks season. <laughs> How, what if it was, though? Like, What if that's the thing? Like, what if they go undefeated from here and the Avs fall off and they can't get a point? Wouldn't that be just an incredible – I think that would be sort of a thing that would be talked about in hockey history for a long time, like the offside call or like the inch that changed a season because <laughs> that, that, that was like as close as you could possibly get to not being offsides. It was yep. crazy. Like it was literally an inch. Oh, man, that was uh, – and as soon as they showed that still on the broadcast, 
you knew, yep, they were offside. There was no question about it, but it was by the thinnest of margins. Well, I mean, we've talked about the offside challenge rule before where we're kind of like sitting there going, well, you know, it's this like ridiculously like fine thing. And the odds are you're probably not going to get most of the calls unless it's blatantly obvious. And we were all kind of making jokes when they challenged it. Like, at least I was when they first did it. I was like, well, you might as well. You have no idea what a goal is nowadays anyway. And then, like you said, you saw the replay and you were like, holy crap, he actually was offside. Like, and I get that that's not like the spirit of the offside rule, but by the letter of the law, the Blackhawks remain alive in the playoffs. So I love replay now. (laughs) Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, at least they don't at least they wait for the play to end. They have to wait for the challenge. Not like They blow it dead to review. Uh, So at least they handle it right. You don't see it very often. So it, it hasn't become like the NFL where every play seems like it's getting reviewed or whatever. So. I think for all intents and purposes, it's working, even though I'm just kind of like, you know, let the refs make mistakes. That doesn't really bother me. I think it's part of the game, but whatever. That's a, that's a conversation for uh, middle of April when we'll have plenty of time to discuss. I was about to say, the uh, <laughs> six months that we're going to have yes. between meaningful Blackhawks games, yes, I would agree. Yeah, we definitely have some time to do that. So let's, let's talk about tonight's game. I think uh, we'll do our three stars, of course, like we always do. Uh, but Corey Crawford it just continues to amaze me. Uh, the way he played tonight, the way he kept the team in it. How about the breakaway by Patrick Line and Corey Crawford just flashes a leather and just you know pulls it out of midair. Uh, that was the highlight reel save, but there were a ton of other saves he had no business making. He was incredible again, and he is. If you want to like point at one guy who's kept them in it down the stretch here, look, it was Patrick Kane, and it was the power play for the first, you know, two thirds of the Hawks good part of the season for the last little bit here. It's been Corey Crawford and Corey Crawford alone, keeping them in games and in the hunt. And tonight was no exception. He was awesome tonight. Yeah. I mean, that's obvious. You're absolutely right. Patrick Kane is really faded down the stretch. I think a lot of fatigue probably going into that played another uh, 24 minutes of ice time tonight. Tonight, once again, did not get on the score sheet. Didn't score at all. Um, that's obviously been kind of a recurring theme for him. So the Blackhawks did need somebody to step up and Corey Crawford definitely did that for them again tonight, the way that he's been doing, um, a lot recently made a lot of really athletic saves tonight. I feel like his confidence has really, uh, been growing the last uh, few games, especially I feel like early on when he came back from his second concussion, he was still kind of trying to find his groove a little bit and understandably. So, I mean, you have to kind of get your sea legs back underneath you but he definitely has them now and he's been making a lot of really uh, high quality saves a lot of high danger saves obviously with the way the Blackhawks defense has been playing in front of him it's been kind of making that necessary but uh, it it definitely was another great night for Corey Crawford another player that really stood out for me tonight I know we're going to get into the three stars here but we're just going to go ahead and compliment some players man Dylan Strom looked good tonight really Yet another kind of feather in the cap for the season that he's honestly had this season. Had two goals and an assist tonight. Had three shots on goal. Just a constant presence everywhere on the ice. Have really enjoyed watching him play throughout the season. He's got some really great chemistry with Alex Dabrinkit and has really brought a lot of really good things to this Blackhawks forward group. And I know that Nick Schmaltz just signed a seven-year contract extension with the Coyotes, but... there's more and more of me every day that looks back at that trade and just goes, you know what? I think the Blackhawks did what they needed to do. They they went out and they got a guy they thought they could 
kind of turn around to be a little bit of a cheaper option than Nick Schmaltz was ultimately going to be. And I think they ended up making the right decision. And he once again tonight just looked outstanding out there on the ice. Yeah, I think I'm going to take this moment, by the way, to Gronk Spike, uh, our report from the day the trade happened. Uh, when people were sort of wondering why they traded Nick Schmaltz, they knew Nick Schmaltz wanted close to $6 million this offseason. What was the cap hit? 5.8 on that his was new about deal. It, yep. And you wonder if he didn't get hurt, uh, have a, if he didn't suffer a season-ending injury, um, would he have gotten that money? He probably would have gotten more than the 5.8. So uh, the Hawks were cap-savvy. And I think, you know, looking ahead at the way, they scouted Dylan Strom very well. He's a really good fit for what the Blackhawks do. And while they're not a speed team anymore, they're a puck possession team on offense. Uh, they're a, Strom has shown that he's a great playmaker, especially clicking with Alex DeBrincat. Uh, he's fit in perfectly on this team. And whatever was not working in Arizona, everything is working for him here. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. other guys that will not be in the three stars of the game that I think warrants a mentioning. And you and I earlier on Twitter were sort of joking because it looked like uh, John Hayden was going to be scratched in favor of Chris Kunitz tonight. Hayden did draw into the lineup, and like we said, uh, he he went he went ahead and did his Brian Bickle impersonation, where he gets in for uh, you know the first game in a month and is flying around and hitting people and making an impact. That fourth line was tremendous defensively the entire game. John Hayden is one of those guys. Brendan Perlini, we mentioned this about him too. When they're engaged, they're different players. They are difference makers, and I don't think Hayden's ever going to be a scorer at this level, but if he can be the kind of guy who's making three, four hits per shift, you know, affecting the other team, defending well, uh, being uh, omnipresent in the offensive and defensive zones with a physical game, then he has some value. But if he's going to float around for two, three months at a time like he has done earlier this year, I'm kind of ready to pull the ripcord on him. That That's the question the Hawks have to ask themselves, do they think that the John Hayden that showed up tonight for the Blackhawks can be a guy who does that for the better part of, you know, 70, 80, whatever games? Uh, I don't think he's that guy. And while tonight was pretty impressive, had a solid game, uh, like I said, physically and especially defensively, I, I don't see it from him enough to to warrant giving him much more of a look. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you saw the time on ice splits tonight for the Blackhawks, but it's really, it's kind of funny uh, seeing who didn't get much ice time tonight. Did you happen to see how much uh, time John Hayden got? I don't know. My uh, as a, you were waiting to do this podcast for about an hour with me, uh, as my computer updated just randomly out of nowhere, I was not able to look up the box score yet. But I'm navigating my way there now. He had six and a half minutes of ice time tonight. Well, he was pretty effective in those six and a half minutes. <laughs> I'm just I'm pointing out that this sample size was extremely limited. Of course. And while, and, and while you're uh, kind of looking up the uh, statistics and all that so we can do the uh, three stars here in a minute, I did want to point out one other thing about Dylan Strome and ask you if it concerns you at all moving forward. Okay. I know that a lot lately has been made that face-offs are kind of an overrated, overrated statistic in terms of possession hockey and Corsi and all that. Yes, but it's a concern. Really interesting that Dylan Strome, one of the better face-off guys on the Coyotes before he got traded, has really struggled with that with the Blackhawks. And tonight was another example. Lost eight of the nine draws that he took tonight. Yeah, and, and that, that might be flukier than anything, but uh, he has not been 
an over 50% faceoff guy all year. And that, you're right. That was the thing. When he was acquired from Arizona, he was close to 60%. Yeah, he was like Jonathan Tate's level. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't understand how – I can see how guys can thrive in certain systems. That makes sense to me. Like, okay, well, it's just a better fit, and they're playing with different players that complement their game better. How do you just, like, suddenly not know how to win faceoffs anymore? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really get that. So, yeah, earlier this year, in his 20 games with Arizona, Dylan Strom's faceoff percentage was 57.98, so 58% for the most part. With the Hawks, 44.8%. Now, if you look at his career before, and of course, that's only 28 games before the season, he was like 41%. So that's maybe a little more, I don't know. It's still crazy to go from close to 60 to close to you know 45. That's that's a huge drop-off. And, and of course, he got more chances here. He had more ice time here. So that could explain it a little bit. But, man, when he was acquired, face-offs were a big part of the reason people were excited about the deal. Yeah, I just it was something I found interesting. It wasn't like something that I'm obviously going to be like, oh, this guy's falling. Oh, no. But I figure if we're going to be talking about Dylan Strome and kind of complimenting the way that he played tonight, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, thing to bring up. For sure. And one other guy I want to mention, I'm sure you have others too, uh, Drake Kajula was a factor in tonight's game had an assist uh was a part of several uh two-on-one opportunities he missed a net on a couple of them um but i just like the energy he brings to the ice when he plays he played 19 minutes tonight uh left the game after fighting with dustin bufflin of all people that makes a lot of sense especially when you're coming back from a concussion uh, to fight a guy twice. I was just size. about to say that yeah. actually. Scarecrow needs to find a brain because, <laughs> like, you seriously cannot. Like, you're coming off a concussion. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fight this big man giant. That sounds like a really good idea. Said no one ever. Yeah, well, I had a guy uh, who I've known for a long time, a Hawks fan, Full Metal Ninja, on Twitter. We were going. To, we back when I started going to Hawks games in early 2000s and late 90s. Uh, we would hang out at games together, and he's always been an advocate for the physical game, uh, for fighting in the game and all those things. And he said, you know, what was Drake Kajua supposed to do, not stand up for himself? The answer is yes. Yeah. Just take the hit and walk away because what's going to – so, okay, fine. So you're going to defend yourself against Dustin Bufflin. Best case scenario is you're embarrassed because the guy just – Gives you the stiff arm like in Spaceballs, and you're just swinging mindlessly at he nothing. He just ragdolls him, yeah. Right. Or or worst case scenario is what happened. And Drake Kajula, who, like I said, was one of the more effective Hawks tonight, now has to go to the dark room and leave the game completely. He might have been helpful in overtime, a guy with that sort of speed and that sort of uh, ability. But no, mm-hmm. instead he's sitting in a dark room uh, while the Hawks are losing that all-important second point. There was no point to that. But up until that moment, I really liked what I saw from his game tonight. Did you notice who was on the ice, by the way, when the Blackhawks gave up the goal to Kevin Hayes that won the game for Winnipeg? Yes, I did. It was Patrick Kane, Brandon Saad, and Dylan Strome. What do they all have in common? Forwards. None of them are defensemen. What's going on? I get it. Like, three-on-three overtime, chaos, blah, blah, blah. You're in a position where literally, literally every point (laughs) matters and you threw a point away because you couldn't be bothered to put a defenseman on the ice and you ended up getting fooled by the ever saucy and wonderful mitts of a Kevin Hayes. Woo. 
Uh, just, uh, I like, don't. I don't get what we call it. The crap in a stairwell def- defense. Um, ah, by the way, Luke sing. Matthew on uh, Twitter asked me that specific question: like, why the hell are there three centers or three forwards on the ice uh, during overtime? And I, of course, the game was on WGN, so that's not on PlayStation View, so I can't review it. Uh, I just had to wait for the complete game to get on NHL TV, then I can watch it back. There's two two mindsets there. One is that they are so desperate for that second point, they just throw all caution to the wind and hope they can score before the other team does. The other thing is maybe a forward got stuck on a shift and couldn't get off the ice in time. That That's a possibility too. So I'll have to re- go back and review the tape, and we will discuss it on our next podcast. But, yeah, not ideal when you're uh, trying to hold on uh, and win this game in overtime. But, hey, you know, they came close a couple times. Uh, I Again, this has sort of been a common theme throughout this stretch here is you can't really question the effort. You can question some of the decisions and some of the execution, yep. but the effort's been there. These guys are playing their balls off, trying to stay alive, and tonight was another example of, man, when they looked dead, they found that extra little oomph and were able to put the puck in the net and a uh, pretty impressive, uh, you know, one point tonight. And, you know, they, they, they earned it. They earned that point. They, they probably could have earned two. Corey Crawford probably deserved that second point, but look, uh, overall, a pretty impressive uh, performance against a way, way, way far superior opponent in the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and you saw that superiority in the third period, didn't you? When the Jets were just smothering oh my God. the Blackhawks, that was a clinic. That was a hockey clinic. That, my friends, is why Winnipeg can be such a dangerous team come playoff time. They will lose to my beloved Calgary frame, Frames. Frames. <laughs> Calgary Flames, my wow. friend. Wow. No, that's not how that's pronounced, buddy. Thank you. Uh, all right, want to take a break, and then we will uh, come back with the three stars and wrap this bad boy up? Okay, sounds good to me. Cool. All right, we'll be right back with uh, the three stars of the game on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mmm. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Look in your home. Look in your office. Look in your home office. Everywhere you turn, there's so much smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. Our game-changing FlexPath format puts you in control of your master's degree, so you can learn how, when, and where you want. Smart, huh? Yeah, we think so too. So if you want to take the next step in your career, make Capella your first step. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. The three stars of the game are brought to you by our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, serving all your real estate needs in the Chicagoland area. 708-675-1600. Number three star of the night with three assists and a plus two Eric Gustafson played 26 minutes, 52 seconds. Also, six hits for Eric, Eric Gustafson. How about that? A liberal scoring system. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, that's all you have to say about three assists from Eric Gustafson. No, I have to say that about six hits. Now, when are um, we going to be allowed I- to, like, 
pro I feel like all season long, we've sort of given Gustafson credit with like, yeah, but right, like yeah, kind of sucks defensively. He, he but he does suck defensively, and I wonder if it'd be easier to live with that if every Blackhawks prospect aside from Yokoharu was not also a guy that probably sucks defensively. <laughs> <laughs> How got, dare you say Adam Boquist is a guy that sucks defensively? We don't know that yet. Eric Gustafson has 56 points. That's insane, dude. 56 points. Doesn't he have 17 goals? Uh, 17 goals, 39 assists. My he has God. 17 power play points. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, he's shooting at 11%, which is not sustainable. Not but, for a blue liner. It's no, not. but still. Like, okay. You know, you and I, and I, I'm guilty of this. You are too a little bit. Like before the deadline, like go trade him, can see what you can get for him, dude. The guy's an asset, and having a, an effective power play. I'm sorry, did you say asset? I said asset. Oh, okay. this, this time I actually meant asset. Um, <laughs> having a guy until you know that Boquist or Bodan or whoever up on the horizon like is capable to that level of you know propelling a power play to uh, top third status, you, you hang on to that dude. Unless he wants a ton of money, then you then you catapult Gotta, him. Into the I, I have to disagree with you on this, not because I'm undervaluing what Eric Gustafson does, but I feel like he's an asset that you need if you're a playoff team, and the Blackhawks aren't a playoff team. They could be they a playoff need, team next year. They need other stuff, man. They could be a playoff team next year. They're they're a playoff team if they don't fire if they don't fire Quenville midseason and just give Calton the whole year. I still, I still think they need to add defensive pieces in order to call them conclusively a playoff team. Well, I agree with that. I look, playoff team and playoff contender are two different things. Um, well, that to me is like the definition, the difference between a playoff team and a Stanley Cup contender. Like, sure. there is a difference between the two. You're right, but without what he's done this year, they are not a playoff contender. Even they're not even. Maybe a, they should have traded him then, and they could have tanked better. Well, that's a that's a conversation for another april late april day when we're you mean tomorrow yes uh <laughs> definitely tomorrow all right uh what we do number two that he's number two star no we just did the third star no oh you're right he's number three star good good yeah we stuff. got off on a tangent we're ignoring yeah. the top two stars we should stop that uh number two star with uh two goals and an assist uh that is dylan strom uh despite only winning 11 percent of his face-offs uh, scored a pair of huge goals for the Blackhawks today. Oh, uh -huh. so he is our number two star and the number one star, despite giving up four goals. Corey Crawford, who's top thirty-four of thirty-eight shots against him tonight, outstanding. Uh, without him, the Hawks are not even close to sniffing overtime, uh, mm -hmm. let alone a point in this game. So Corey Crawford is the well-deserved number one star of the game. Yeah, that, that guy is just an absolute beast. Wonderful story, him coming back. Well deserving of the Masterton nomination. I honestly, like, he if, he win were to, if he were to win it, I think that'd be just fine with me. I'm trying to think of a better candidate this year. We'll, we'll do a little bit more research, and we'll uh, talk about it on our next full pod, which will be sometime in the next couple of days, hopefully tomorrow. Fingers crossed. But I think that he is an excellent nominee, absolutely perfect for this, and... Like I said, he would be uh, some. He would be somebody that I would definitely give it to if I had a vote for the Masterton, but I unfortunately do not. All right, so there are the three stars of the game. Thank you to our star real estate broker, Michael Elwood of Remax First Service, 708-675-1600. Find your dream home with Michael Elwood of Remax First Service. And we're going to thank the rest of our sponsors here 
as we wrap up Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. And our friends at Rabbit Brewing in Homewood, Illinois. A couple things they want you to know about. On April 5th, they're going to have their Dwarves of Doom bottle release. Dwarves of Doom is a 10% Imperial Coffee Chocolate Stout. Go there, buy that, get drunk. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I just got drunk thinking about it. Yes, uh, on April 20th, 420, yeah, uh, go see Lady Evil. They are a female-fronted Black Sabbath tribute band. Incredible. You got to go to Rabid for all your heavy metal needs, of course. And on May 17th, very important, James and I will be involved with this as well. Uh, the Feast of the Goat Queen is on May 17th. It's going to be an outdoor festival at Rabbit. It's going to coincide with all the people in town for Dark Lord Day at Three Floyds. So make sure, mark May 17th on your calendar. The Madhouse Podcast will be there. There's going to be live bands, uh, full family sort of atmosphere at Rabbit. So mark that down. May 17th It's going to be a great time. Feast of the Goat Queen coinciding with the release of uh, Dark Lord at Three Floyds. So with that, going to wrap things up. We'll tell you more about those rabbit events as they come closer. But thank you for listening. We'll be back with a full Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast as soon as the Hawks are officially eliminated, which could probably be tomorrow night. So with that, for my partner, James Naveau, I'm Jay Zawoski. Thanks for listening. Thanks for staying up with us. We appreciate it on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions. And a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.